재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. Well, according to a report published earlier this month by Chugan Kyunghyang, uh, this is one of the major weekly magazines. Korea has the widest education gap between the younger and older generations among OECD member countries. Also, the education gap is definitely related to the generational political differences we see here. We are exploring some of these gaps on how the different generations view politics and how it affects your political philosophy, maybe your voting behavior. But um, there's been... I suppose in the country, relatively little uh, analysis on that relationship in comparison to countries like the United States, where they've uh, uh, done some extensive uh, publishing on that. So we're going to explore how education affects political attitudes and more, a bunch of other maybe demographic factors involved with this. Give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a cacao talk message. Two great panelists joining us this evening. Let me introduce them first from Hanguk University of Foreign Studies, Law Professor Huang Jong-uk. Uh, Professor Huang, thank you for joining us. Good evening, Henry. And joining us from Asan Institute for Policy Studies, Research Fellow, Dr. Kim ji Dr. Kim, thank you for joining us. Good evening, Henry. Uh, maybe I'm going to throw a little bit of curveball, and I hope you guys don't get too upset, but we're talking politics, but the big, big, big political story right now here in Korea has been the announcement, and not a big surprise because a lot of people said it was really kind of, this was in the works uh, a few weeks back, maybe even months back, but Antosu leaving the NPAD, um, a lot of disarray, a lot of wondering whether the NPD is even going to be a viable opposition party anymore, how it's going to affect the general elections. Your thoughts overall on his decision to defect, and um, do you think it changes a lot of things? Well, I expect there were a lot of cheers, maybe not loud cheers, <laughs> but definitely cheers within the Senate Party. Right. I guess that's the really a chip shot of obvious observation. The interesting thing about that, too, too is, um, Dr. Kim, is there's been such discord, and there's been, I suppose, a lot of backbiting and you mm-hmm. hear a lot of the uh, the niceties being said by people like Moon Jae-in and his side and they're oh no we got to keep this party together but the, I also get a sense though from the supporters of let's say the quote mainstream mm-hmm. faction is they're actually kind of happy that this has actually taken place and they kind of just wanted to get rid of the elements and some people mm-hmm. are actually even saying good riddance right I mean that's how bad the relations have become yeah. right with, I mean with you can go back to the presidential election in 2012 I mean after Anchester dropped off the race you know he never mentioned that he supported Moon Jae-in then he said well we have to vote but he never said he supported so well it's kind of a you know you, you expected a separation I would say right as uh, Professor Huang said Senator basically traditionally from decades ago, they get about a 40% base support level. And if you're going to split it up with mm-hmm. various opposition parties, whether you want to call them left of center or what have you, it's going to be a very difficult election yeah. season. And as you say, Senator probably uh, quite pleased about that. That being said, whether you uh, support a conservative party like Senori or maybe you lean more towards a, a progressive or liberal party like the NPAD, we are trying to focus on the issue of education and uh, the discussion of how education levels can affect political attitudes. I guess the very s- simple base question, Professor Huang, to start us off, is, is there, in your view, a correlation between education level and your political views? 
Well, at least the raw data suggests that, you know, d depending on your education level, actually, actually higher your education, at least in the last presidential election in Korea, there was a very strong correlation between education level and who you voted for. Basically, more educated you are, you tended for, for the, uh, the opposition party candidate, Moon Jae-in. Although, just because there's a correlation, I'm not really sure there's a causation, but at least, you know, theoretically, I, I guess you could make the case that, you know, for those people who went to college, they tend to have a little more liberal mindset because they have studied a lot more and they have been exposed to more ideas and they might push people towards a little bit more liberal mindset but I'm not really sure the causal link will be uh, okay. as much as you, one might think Dr. Kim? Well I mean conventionally education level is uh, very much related with the turnout not the political attitude. So the higher one's education level is then the person she or he is more likely to turn out to vote uh, but uh, when it comes to one's political attitude, um, well, the educational level is kind of confounded with other factors such as age or income or occupation in other countries. So it's really hard to confirm that education level is one and very only significant factor to determine one's political attitude. Uh, but, well, on the surface, if you look at the uh, opinion polls numbers, then it looks like, you know, there's some relationship between the education level and the political attitude if you're just talking about yeah. the liberal and conservative spectrums. Both of you uh, have said, as, as Professor Huang mentioned as well, the uh, the conventional wisdom most people would casually, who are observing policy, say, okay, the higher educated you are, you tend to be a little bit more maybe leaning mm -hmm. on the liberal side. That's the stereotype of a big liberal right. professor in college, right? Can you maybe, Dr. Kim, go into the Korean context of that, mm -hmm. of whether that's necessarily true? Because I understand, and we'll talk about the generation mm -hmm. gap and education levels and why that's different. But when you talk about the U.S., and one of my favorite sites is 538.com, where they mm -hmm. really go into um, detailed yeah. analysis on all of these things, and they talked about the Republican Party and the people who are supporting people like Donald Trump, uh, white Americans with no bachelor's degree, mm -hmm. Uh, white Americans with bachelor's degrees will tend to lean another way. Mm -hmm. The difference still there is maybe 20% of the population has bachelor degrees. So we're talking about a pretty big, sizable portion of the electorate that don't have bachelor's degrees. Here, if you're talking about education, 80% of the young people, or at least this current generation, mm -hmm. have college degrees. So it seems like Again, you're saying there's a lot of other factors involved yeah. here, right? And in, in the U.S., you have factors like race, religion, and all of right. that. Here, there are also other factors that may be unique to the Korean context, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if you just look at the polls, I mean, I have uh, some poll numbers, and there is more uh, those who have higher education tend to be more liberal, and the low education uh, tend to be conservative. I mean, I mean the low education by the those who have a um, high school diploma or less than that. Um, but still, it's kind of um, really difficult to confirm the, the relationship. Uh, some other factors like a survey uh, me uh, me methodologies and techniques, because usually these questions are asked to respondents uh, to evaluate their political attitude themselves. So do you think you're conservative or liberal in the spectrum of, you know, the scale of 0 to 10 does, you know, give the score you know, of your liberalism? Yeah. And secondly, people, um, their ideological position or political position can be determined by various dimensions, such as national security, economy, and social issues. So, I mean, there's many cases that uh, a person thinks that uh, he or she is a liberal, 
because he or she is very much liberal on the social issues, but very conservative on the national security issues. Mm. So, you know, what they think most important can determine their political attitude. So it's a little bit blurry to say it. But if you only look at the numbers on the opinion polls, then it is true. I mean, those who have higher education tend to be a little bit liberal in Korea, not in the U.S., uh, and also those who have lower education tend to be more conservative in Korea. Okay, good points. Now, Professor Huang, we mentioned this survey by uh, where OECD member countries Korea has this very big gap as far as uh, educational attainment between the younger and older generations. Um, how, I, I, when we talk about polarization, there's polarization in various countries um, in the West and and what have you. How wide is the gap here and, and problematic in Korea? You feel? Well, this is more of a product of how the college education and number of colleges have changed in Korea in the last thirty years. But you know. If you just compare it against other OECD countries, it is really striking how many, uh, what percentage of people in the older uh, age cohort has attended college versus you know people in the younger cohort has attended college. Specifically, you know, according to the same OECD report that you mentioned, people in their mid fifties to mid sixties, about seventeen percent have attended some college, whereas people in 20, uh, 25 to thirty four uh, age cohort group have uh, has attended sixty eight percent of them has attended college. That difference is that 51% that you mentioned. So it's a huge differential between, you know, between these two age groups to, you know, what percentage of that population have been exposed to the college education. Okay, and so... Dr. Kim, and you cited those numbers. If we accept the correlation, um, mm -hmm. and but not necessarily prove any causality with this, generally speaking, because both of you are, of course, uh, extremely, extremely educated people, how would education perhaps shape uh, shape political attitudes? I guess again, the mm -hmm. casual observer would say, "Okay, you go to a university, uh, you start to learn mm -hmm. how to uh, do critical thinking. You're yeah. exposed to different ideas, uh, the, and the way more you advance, you get a master's mm -hmm. and a PhD. You have to even develop that part of your brain even more so, which tends to uh, that's a stereotype, yeah. but it tends to maybe favor a little bit more of a progressive ideology. Well, this is true. At least you can say that uh, if one has higher level of education that the person is more interested in politics and social issues. And also the person has higher degree of civic duty. So that means that uh, they can be more keen to and critical of a political, economic, and social issues because they have more time of the, to enjoy the luxury of reading newspapers and all those you know, analysis uh, than the less educated people. So that may indirectly have some, you know, impact on the, the education and the relationship between education and one's political ideology. Uh, and also, the, those who have higher education ha can have some higher level of political efficacy. So political efficacy is, first, you think you're intellectual and intelligent and smart, smart enough to understand political issues. And secondly, your voice and your opinion can be heard and have some impact on the, the politicians and the political process uh, and decision-making process. So all these are combined. So those who are more educated can be a little bit more critical of mm -hmm. the situation and the society, and with that can easily lead them to the liberal because basically the conservatives are quite satisfied with the status quo. So that has some impact on the education, on the political um, attitude. Then, Professor Huang, as far as political history goes, um, if we, let's say the premise of there's this continuation from 
uh, if you go back to the Sungmanri era and then now to the uh, the Park Jung-hee period, where there's been a dominance of, let's say, the conservative Gyeongsang region kind of holding sway in Korean modern politics. Um, there's two instances, right? Uh, 97 and 2002 with Kim Dae-jung and No Mu-hyun, where a left-of-center uh, candidate did end up taking the election. 97 may have been still more part of the old guard where there was a bit of a my turn now kind right. of situation. Mm-hmm. But how do you think education did play a role, if any, in past elections here? Well, especially I think, you know, the largest cohort group in Korean population is people in the 40s. And the Korean population is sort of decreasing right now. And people in the 40s is sort of uh, has a has little hump that is sort of, you know, working its way through. And if you think about people in the 40s, these are, you know, so these these are, you know, Koreans who are slightly older than me, so which means that they went to high school and college in the 80s. So, so, so 386? 386, exactly. The, in, you know, commonly known as 386 in the Korean media. And they, they uh, I think their uh, life experience was really, uh, you know, heavily influenced by the democratization that culminated in the 1987 event where, for those of you who don't know the Korean history, that's basically, uh, you know, sharp break between military dictatorship versus democratization of Korea. So uh, I'll, I'll say that, you know, rather than educational uh, educational attainment of the people in the 40s is probably the sort of the outlook that was formed during the 80s that still has you know, very long lasting effect until mm-hmm. now and that probably contributed a great deal to you know 2002 election which is you know uh, 13 years ago so that age cohort group would have been you know early 30s right. when they would have been very active politically dr kim well, if you look at the 2012 um, presidential election, there are some of the differences at um, educational level and there is support for the candidates. For example, like uh, according to the, the active poll uh, conducted by the three uh, broadcasting systems, um, 66% and 52% of those who have um, last in high school and or, or the high school diplomas voted for President Park. And it's a slightly more than a majority of those with the college degrees, like 55% voted for Mr. Moon Jae-in. Um, so there are some um, differences, um, you know, if you look back to national elections. And it's also kind of uh, discovered in the other national general elections, uh, for the National Assembly elections. But as I mentioned, it has uh, it is not the, the, the key and the primary role uh, played by the education. It is confounded by the other factors, most importantly, the with the age. Because, you know, you see the generational gap we found in the, a lot of national assemb- uh, assembly elections and presidential elections, particularly since 2002, the 16th presidential election when the President Nguyen was elected. It's very, I suppose easy then to right, really sweep all this into one generalization, right, Professor Huang? Oh, in Korea, if you are this sort of uneducated older guy, you're going to be always voting for Senri, and then if you're kind of this <laughs> smart, kind of newfangled, youngish person, you're going to tend to vote NPAD. That doesn't really necessarily work that way, obviously. I mean, there are different, you know, subsets and different factors that are all involved, but do you feel overall philosophically that Increasing educational opportunities um, or reducing at least education inequality will help in terms of the political process or at least people who can develop their own diverse political views? Well, I don't know about uh, developing political, uh, diverse political views, but I think it is a definitely desirable policy, you know, like building up human capital in the, among Koreans in general and you know, teaching them more about, you know, various civic, uh, civic duties and social studies in college. I think that's just desirable uh, policy goal by itself. But another thing I suppose I, I should mention is that, you know, while I teach student, college students, 
maybe people just sort of overestimate how much influence that you know people like me, college professors, actually have in shaping people's you know political preferences. Maybe we might be you know college professors in general might be helpful to students you know hearing about new views and sharpening their views and so forth. But I highly doubt that I can actually you know make a liberal student a little more conservative or vice versa. You know, no amount of you know but the lectures or readings that I assign, I don't think it's all you know just uh, anecdotal evidence-wise is all that influential in what students think. I think you know, students once they get to college or even before that are perfectly you know capable of making up their own minds. Right, Dr. Kim. Well, I think it is important because um, you know many studies actually indicated that uh, education related with the turnout which means that those are less educated people are less likely to turn out, which means that we are systematically missing that segment of population. And then you know, quite possibly their voices and their opinions can be neglected and not reflected on the policies. Mm-hmm. So in that uh, regard, I think it's important to reduce the educational inequality and then you know, those, let those people out and to vote and you know, uh, their voices to be heard. Just a quick follow-up because it, it feels like there's a bit of a uh, kind of a contrast because it seems like when you look at numbers, the turnout is always highest among the oldest, yes. and most of, a lot of them tend not to be college yes. educated, whereas the younger generation, where many of them are college educated, mm-hmm. the t- turnout tends to be lowest. But that still is a different, I suppose, uh, look at mm-hmm. as far as more educated you are, the more likely you are to turn out. Well, there's another factor which has a really important, um, you know, for the turnout, which is age. Because those who are uh, uh, aged and older, they tend to be more socialized. So they feel a, a stronger civic duty and they feel uh, the member of the society and they feel much stronger responsibility to participate. That is different from the education and it's just a really important factor in determining whether yeah. or not to turn out. Very interesting points indeed. We're going to continue this uh, discussion. We'll have some uh, guests joining us from overseas on the line as well. You can continue to give us your thoughts. You can text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a Kakao Talk message. We're going to take a short station break. Uh, we will be back with Professor Hong Jung-wook from Hanguk University of Foreign Studies and Dr. Kim Ji-yoon from Asan Institute for Policy Studies. Stay tuned. You're listening to Primetime.